I understand equations both simple and quadrilateral. I am very good at integral and differential calculus. I know the scientific names of being an immaculus. In sort, in short, in matters vegetable, animal, and mineral, I am the very model of a modern major general. And that was the end part of my enunciation practice <laughs> that we discussed in a previous podcast. Preston, Preston was doing that, and I thought that there was some sort of like self-affirmation thing that he was doing. And, right. And um, instead, what he's doing is doing stretches for his mouth. So I, so I can enunciate my words. So properly. he can enunciate all of the syllables from every word. <laughs> exactly. And then what I did for my stretching exercises was eat peanut butter M&Ms. <laughs> so I've got a bag of peanut butter M&Ms right now that are sitting right in front of right. me. And I'm doing my stretches by chewing on each one. Which uh, was dessert for some burgers that we had tonight. Mm-hmm. We talked about um, eating first. Well, we were going to record while we were eating, but Justin had a mini panic attack when I suggested it for this episode. So we ate and we're going to talk about it immediately instead of wait for the So end. that everything is fresh. Exactly. <clears throat> Which uh, this food was not exactly fresh. So I told Preston that I thought we should try this place. Um, it's called Maxwell's, but it's inside of a place called food box where we had gotten some sandwiches uh, from a previous episode which we had really kind of trashed and so i didn't know if i wanted to try this place again but then i wanted a burger uh, last week sometime so i decided to order from this place for delivery and i thought it was really really good so how long ago was that i was like a week and a half week ago week and a half ago anyways um so I decided to suggest that for tonight uh told preston that we should get it um they were kind of having a special so uh, got a little bit of a discount, uh, got our burgers. So let's just start with how Preston felt about it. The burger that I got, and I'm looking it up right now, it was the Billy Cheese Burger, and which is their bacon cheeseburger. Um, simple double patty with cheese and bacon and sauce. Um, it was, so the, the, the burger was good, but not great. The patties were good. Um, the bacon was terrible. Oh, yeah. You figure, you know, it's like a, what is it, a $13 burger? Yes, sir. You figure a $13 burger is decent bacon on it. But this is like anemic. Like, <laughs> Well, you and I talked about this before. We we, we said, you know, the plate that, that we would expect that more places would have good bacon, right? Yeah. On their burgers, mm-hmm. on their sandwiches. Uh, we talked about um, Julie, your wife, like that, that at the deli that she's at that, yeah. you know, whether or not they use like the microwave, mm-hmm. you know, bacon. You said that they do, they right? Do. Yep. Yeah. And so um, maybe it's more rare than we think that it, it should be. But I, I mean, if Wendy's can pull off decent bacon, it's like you'd think a gourmet place. <laughs> I'm so tired of hearing about Wendy's. Go no have one it. should go to a place that has square burgers. I, I true. That's their dedication to not cutting corners, sir. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but I would I would I would uh, agree with you that square burgers are not American. They're odd. They're just it's they're weird. just they're just odd. But White Castle is square too. I mean, White Castle is also not on my list of places uh, that I that I would frequent. I've never had a fresh you know, White Castle. Okay, Wendy's is is like Dr Pepper to me. Okay, it's one of those. It's a fast food place that everyone knows of, but no one actually goes to it. Just like Dr Pepper's a soda that everyone's heard of, but not that many people. Dr really Pepper seems like seems like one of those um, sodas that like. If you like it, you drink like like a two liter in a sitting. It's terrible. Like, what is that flavor supposed to be, anyways? Is it, is it like uh, like licorice? Sass- sassafras. <laughs> sassafras. Is that Sa- what it is? Sarsaparilla. Sarsaparilla, maybe. <laughs> What's sassafras? God, uh, don't color. I, I, I don't know, but it just sounds like a really girly, girly word. All right, back to the burgers. Okay, so. yeah, yeah. So. So you didn't like your burger? Bacon cheeseburger. The the patties were good. Um, okay. I, I liked them. I like my burgers medium well. Mm, and it was it was done that way. That says something about you. <laughs> burgers, not steak. Yeah. Burgers. Same. Um, and I mean, flavor-wise, it was pretty good. Now, the fries, I don't like the fries. I don't like a battered fry. And I, I and especially like a lukewarm battered fry. A limp. It, it's like it's a potato. Cut it and fucking fry it. You don't need to throw it in batter first. It's ridiculous. 
Because when you do that, then they pre-salt it too. It's just, it's, just give me a damn fry. So with that said, Preston, that either makes you a purist Mm -hmm. or unsophisticated. I don't know what what's real sophisticated <laughs> about battering potatoes. I don't. It's know, just man. another another level of complexity <laughs> on your fry. All right, and then they, they some dipping sauce. I don't know what you call this sauce, but it was pretty one note. Um, it was super smoky, um, a little salty, and I didn't know we were. I didn't know we were going to get down to nitty gritty with the sauces re- too. Look, we're going to review the <laughs> shit. I got the whole thing. Let's talk about it. Um, there's there's a bit of a smoky uh, undertone uh, smoky? to this. Well, look, well, I was I had review in mind as I'm eating this thing. Since we're not reviewing while we're eating, I'm trying to like mental note. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so how was yours? I was fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, my so my burger. Uh, I don't even remember what it was what it was called, um, but it had like this this li- lime lime or lemon based. Um, like uh, guacamole on it. was it. definitely lemon. I, yeah. I saw that in the description. It was good. It was, it was, well, so, okay. So this is the same burger that I got the first time. Mm. The first time I got it, it, it kind of blew me away. Not, not only because it was a, came from a place that I had given a really harsh review to before, but also because it was delivery, right? Mm. So, I mean, like you've said lots of times, we should have a, a very, uh, a very appropriate expectation for right. food that we take to go or delivery food. So anyways, it was really good the first time we had. I had it, and then today it was it was just not good. So what's the difference? Uh, what what was on it first? What's what's on the burger? Yeah, so guacamole, guacamole, uh, some special kind of cheese. I don't know what kind of cheese it is. Yeah, they got all kinds. Of yeah, I don't know. It's like one of those that that it you know it's kind like all these weird things where you you look at it and you're like that seems interesting and then you you just order it right. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, so so it wasn't good today because the bread was kind of soggy. Everything was just kind of like mashed together. It didn't seem mm-hmm. like everything was separate, right? Which, I mean, I don't know if that's how you put the burger together, you know, or, you know, the delivery time took too long. I don't I don't know. I feel so, like whenever you get a, a burger that's wrapped in foil, like it's all just The last one was together. wrapped in foil too. So, yeah. but I think it was, I think it was the prep tonight because the fries also, last time when they came, they were crispy. Mm. These were wilty and soggy. So, well, the container was closed, Justin. We had a whole the podcast The other about one this. was like that too. Anyways, it just it reminds me of so uh, I love this place called the Hat. Have you ever heard of the Hat in Southern California? No. Okay, so there's like six or seven locations. It started in Alhambra, which is a very so it's so it's a American burger joint that's mm. been around for like maybe fifty or I want to say maybe fifty to seventy years, something around there, right? Yeah. But anyway, so they've been around forever. They started in this this town called Alhambra, which is essentially like a Chinese part of town, right yeah. in L.A. Anyways, super good burgers. Um, I've been going there for like decades, and then they started to like branch out and start opening up locations in, in Southern California. Yep. So I've been raving about it. I took my kids to the original one, and then I was with my dad and my kids, and we were going back to Hemet. Um, mm. So we stopped at one in Murrieta, and I was, I was raving about it to my dad. I was mm. like, oh, it's my favorite burger place. The hat. The hat. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. And then so I took my first bite out of it. I was like, ah. And I was just like, I'm just giving you a warning. If the original hat is 10 out of 10, this is like a 7 out of 10. Ugh. And then they have these really famous chili cheese fries. Right. 10 out of 10 normally. That yeah. was a 6 out of 10. Oh. So. You like I, onions on your chili cheese fries? Oh, I would, but they not, I feel like they never get thrown on there usually. Huh. So, okay. yeah. But anyway, so it's kind of the same thing. Like, I feel like I was kind of really excited about this. I really wanted you to try it. And it, and it just, it's like, if, if the other one was a 10 out of 10 tonight, my burger, right. I don't know what yours was like, right. you know, but mine was like a six and a half out of 10. Okay. That's your rating. Six and a half. Six and a half out of 10. Out of 10 no, compared to the first time I had it, which would have been a 10 out of 10. Okay. Really? A 10 out of 10? No, I mean, 10. No, 10. Let me be specific. 10 out of 10 for that place. On your, so, okay, but on the grand oh, on scale grand of burgers, sc- okay, what are grand, you giving this one? Okay, this tonight? one? Yes. This one was like a five. A five. Out of 10. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to match you. I'm okay. going to say it's a five. But the burger I had the other night, that was like uh, an, I mean, a seven and a half. Ten is like okay. So the <laughs> okay, ten is like a Big Mac. We okay, were talking so, so, about uh, we were talking about that David Portnoy that does the one bite pizza reviews. Yeah. Uh-huh. So his review is anything over an eight, you should travel for. Okay. So I, I mean, let's let's use that as like a scale, right? So like, imagine like you you fly into like San Diego International, and it's like, would you travel here for this burger? So at, at anything over a ten. So what do you think? Wait, so 
it ha- the only way to get an eight means that you have to be willing to travel to have this burger. That's right. an eight. Right. <laughs> okay. Well. So this burger. So okay. So then, it would, then it would be like a a six and a half or seven. But that scale that you're telling me is yeah. different than the scale I would use. Okay. Okay. So for me, an eight out of ten for me means basically I would most of the time when I'm given an option this is what I would go for mm. is an eight out of 10, okay. you know, meaning like the, a place that has an eight out of 10 burger. Most of the time, if you ask me, Hey, let's go get a burger. This is what I'm going to choose a 10 out of 10 or a nine out of 10 would be a place that somehow is either hard to get to mm. or like far or to kind of like fancy schmancy, mm. you know, for, for me to eat it all the time. So that's what a, a nine out of 10 would okay. be. And then a 10 out of 10, I mean, obviously, from your perspective, you don't want me to say that there are any 10 out of 10, so. I know. I mean, if there is, like, let me know, because I want to go. Okay. Um, Yeah, mine's mine's sitting at a five, because it's just, I'm like, you know, I'm thinking of the scale, like. Um, we, need, we need to come up with our own scale, because I don't, I don't feel comfortable with this, oh, you know, an eight is something that you would be willing to travel yeah. for, because that's too high, honestly. Because yeah. for me, I want a standard, and I think our listeners would want a standard that is kind of attainable, okay. right? I mean, an eight is kind of like so, so high on that scale. So anyways, <clears throat> so let's just say that Maxwell's, I think we should give it, a, you know, for me, a third try, you a second try, because I need to redeem my reputation by having us try it one more time. Now, then whether or not that means we actually act up to go there uh-huh. and eat it fresh or hopefully get it in the same state that I got it last week. I am open to giving it another try. Thank you. I might get a chicken sandwich. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Let's do a burger review. I'm going to get a chicken sandwich. Uh, I forgot that uh, they had homemade pickles on my burger, though, and they were fantastic. Oh. A little spicy. Oh, nice. Definitely vinegary, but those were good. Like I would get that and get like triple pickles on it. Triple. <laughs> I like pickles. I get extra pickles on it. But Charlotte, Charlotte is 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 real big into pickles yeah. these days. Does she um, like spicy at all? No, no. Okay. She's she's willing to try it because I think it makes her feel like she's an adult. Mm. You know. But yeah. anyways, um, I kind of wanted to. I don't know. Talk about. I've been wanting to talk about. By the way, it's Preston and Justin. It is. Pre- yeah, we forgot that too. Jeez. <laughs> Amateurs. Amateur hour. You're listening to Deep and SD with Preston and Justin Chen and I'm Stringer. There we go. There we go. Stringer Bell. Do you, know who's, do you know who Stringer Bell is? No, who's Stringer Bell? Oh, he's like the best character. Uh, it was um, the, 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 the HBO show The Wire. Have you never seen that? Oh, no. Oh, it's I've so good. Him. It's so, so good. A, with uh, Idris Elba. It was like his first oh, like, like major, like major role. And he played, uh, this is in Baltimore, and he played, played a drug dealer named uh, Stringer Bell. Um. What What else was he in? What was the English one he was in? A Luther. Luther. So that was a good. good. Yeah. I just sell is awesome. He's in that sh- that show Hi- Hijack Hijacked Never on uh, uh, Apple TV. Oh, okay. Anyways, so good. That was a really good show too. Like a like a limited series. Nice. Yeah. Um, I've been wanting to talk about friendship, and I don't really have a, a like a format or a goal or anything, but. I've been thinking about it for a while and, and my, you know, as I've been getting older, my circle has been evolving and I, I assume yours has too over the yeah, last yeah, several sure. years. Yep. And, um, I don't know, man, it's, I, um, so I, I guess, so I'm an only, I'm an only child. Jesus Christ. Well, here we go. <laughs> first, of, first of all, I know he has a sister, so I'm not sure where he's going with that. But I've, uh, I've, is this going to turn into a sob story about childhood? Yeah, maybe. No, okay. No, it's not. No? All right. No, I had a pretty good childhood. Um, but which, is, I, which is like, why did he turn out this way? I, he had uh, a good childhood. Rebellion, Why did he turn out this way? Rebellion. I mean, honestly, I, th- I think it's like rebellion against against um, against having the perfect family. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 No, it wasn't oh, the perfect family. Wow. Wow. <laughs> it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't the perfect family, um, but it was very like um, church, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyways, but I've I've got a sister that's two years younger than me, and. Um, we never really connected on much, you know? And mm-hmm. so 
um, I always really valued my friends. Um, and, um, so much so that, um, friends that I'm really close with, I, I kind of, I call like my brothers, um, just because I never called me brother. (laughs) Hey brother. Um, I've, I've gone through a whole lot with my friends and I've, a couple of them have kind of like saved my ass, saved my life, saved me from prison. Um, and so I see, I really value the friends that I have, but my circle's gotten a lot smaller over the last several years. Um, one, I think, um, mainly because I've been really, um, conscious about who I surround myself with. And, um, two out of kind of like, uh, like selfish laziness, I guess. Like, I think I could put more effort in some of my relationships that I have. And I just, I don't because I've just, I've got so much other stuff going on. Um, and I do kind of feel guilty about some of that stuff. Um, how about you? I mean, if you, so I was listening to what you're saying and I'm like, and I'm trying to figure out how do we, how do we fashion an episode out of, out of what we're talking about? Right. Like Mm -hmm. how do we, how do we figure out like where we're going with all of this? Um, and I think, I think what you're getting at is, is that you, your circle of friends has gotten smaller. You have your reasons for why mm. the, that circle has become smaller and, and sort of why maybe you have a different criteria now for, you know, what makes a person, you know, worth investing the time to have a friendship with. Right. Um, but I think that maybe what could be interesting is for us to talk about is, is what is it at this point in your life? Uh, what is it that makes a good friend? Mm-hmm. So you want to start? Yeah. Um, for me. And you don't have to actually use my name. Like you can just describe <laughs> me. That's fine. One of the things that I really value in a friendship is the ability to be um, honest um, and, and I mean that in the you most. You mean like you don't like liars or you want someone that's honest with you and themselves? Yes. Both? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, me, themselves, um, don't, no facade. Mm, okay. Like, what you see is what you get. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm very much like that. I mean, you, you know that. I mean, everyone, everyone I come <laughs> in contact with is like that. I'm very much what you see is what you get. Um, and I wasn't like that, um, for the majority of my, my lifetime. Sneaky and nefarious. Not, not sneaky, but I was trying nefarious? to be, <laughs> um, for a long time I was trying to be something that I wasn't. Badass. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was trying to be. So if you see him right now, you would <laughs> still think that he's trying to, to reach that goal. But um, then you talk to him and it's totally, it's totally different. Right. Right. Um, I'll, you know, a lot of times I just felt, um, kind of inadequate and, um, I don't know, just trying to be more than what I was. And, and I realized, you know, a few years ago that I'm, I'm fine just the way I am. And, and like, I'm totally fine, like admitting my faults and, um, my, um, lack of and shortcoming, shortcomings. Thank you. Um, in, in different things. And I don't have to, um, bullshit and say like, Oh yeah, yeah, I know that. Or, you know, it's like, no, I don't, I'm totally ignorant of that. Um, so like, tell me, like educate me. Um, and I think that's, that's a big part of, of, it's empowering though, you know, like it's empowering to, to be able to be confident enough mm. to actually lay it out for people and to say what you can do and what you cannot do, right. you know, and for yourself to sort of be at peace with the fact that, you know what? At this point in life, mm. at this point in my life, this is what I know and this is what I don't know. You right. know, I think it's, there's some clarity to that, right? Because I think the truth is, is that um, sometimes in your life when you are kind of faking it till you make it sort mm. of that mm. mentality, mm. you actually convince yourself that you are these things that you are actually not, but you aspire to be, right? right. And um, and that's and that's fine, right? I mean, I mean, fake it till you make it is is usually seen in a good light, right? Because that's usually people, you know, they, they're not there yet, but they are acting as if or having the mentality as if they have that skill or they are in that position, right? But I think that when you're talking about 
trying to kind of puff up your chest and try to be something that you are absolutely not. Yeah. I think that that's, that's the problem, right? Then that's the facade you're talking and about. I, and I think it's, it's pretty noticeable to people. It's like, pretty obvious. Yeah. I, I spot it all the time where people are just, they're full of shit and I can, and, and that immediately screams to me, um, insecurity, insecurity mm-hmm. immediately. Cause it's like, why, why are you putting up this, this, this appearance of something that you're not, I mean, it's but, obvious, but don't you, I mean, so it, you know, for sure this, this, this ability to sort of see yourself honestly, right. Assess yourself and to be honest with other people mm-hmm. about what your shortcomings are. That, that is for sure nothing that people usually become aware of or become that in their 20s, right? Mm. I mean, I'm sure you you probably didn't hit that till at least your 30s somewhere, right? Maybe 40s? I don't know. But for me, I, I can't remember when it was, but for sure it wasn't in my 20s. Um, and so therefore, because I know that it takes time to get to that point, mm. when I see other people struggling with it, especially if they are in their 20s, I yeah. just, I kind of feel bad for them. You know, like, like, a, like an empathy, not a feel bad, like I feel sorry for you. It's yeah. more, I get it. Like I, I know why you're like that. You won't always be like that, hopefully. But I get it while you're while you are there right now. Yeah. So I, I've got a few. You know, I'm 40, and um, some of my really close friends are. I mean, one of my really close friends is like 25. Uh, another one's like mm, that says something about you. Like uh, no, I mean, I don't have a lot of 25 year old friends, but some of my friends are you know, 14. Got, no, I mean. My buddy Connor, I mean, is is young. He's like you know mid twenties, um, but he's super smart uh, beyond his years, um, super intelligent, and um, he'll be the first one to admit any of his problems to you. Um, not in a like "woe is me" kind of thing, yeah, but just yeah, like but just like the way that we're talking about in a positive yeah, way. Yeah, right? he's he's super very vulnerable. very matter of fact. He's vulnerable, mm-hmm. and I think that that's a huge part of friendship is to be able to. Um, to trust somebody to be, because uh, I mean, if you're if you're being honest some, with somebody with your vulnerabilities, then you're opening yourself up for um, to be uh, scrutinized, taken advantage of. I mean, all these different, you know, ridicule, you know, all these different things you're opening yourself up to, and so you have to have that that trust with your friend um, in order to to do that. I mean, that's like intimacy, really, um, in a non-gay way. <laughs> Not that being in a gay way is bad. <laughs> um, and so I, I'm being able to kind of like realize that in myself that like I'm okay to to be vulnerable and admit faults and stuff. I, I think that um, that makes me a, a good friend um, on, on one you're level. You're asking me, right? I yeah. Mean, you're not yeah, telling me On that. one level. You're asking for my permission yeah. if it's okay for you to say that about yourself. <laughs> yes. Okay. You have permission. <laughs> awesome. It's true. What are your your thoughts on it? Um, yeah, I, I agree with you that I, I think that, uh, well, I agree with you that the vulnerability is something that is important. Um, mm. in, intimacy, whether or not it has to do with a, you know, a partner like a wife or a partner like a, like a friend or a mm. best friend, I think it's the same. Right. Like you can only be close if you are opening yourself up to be vulnerable, because Mm. once you do that, then I think that's when you can reach new levels of intimacy or understanding or just closeness with someone. Right. Um, Right. I mean, because we're not even talking about about, oh, I'm going to let them know my deepest, darkest secret. It's not that per se. Yeah. But it's the fact that I am willing. I trust you enough Mm. to let you see sides of me that I am not proud of or that I am not, that I don't necessarily want everyone to know, mm. but I trust you with this information or to see this, this side of me because I trust that that is not going to affect mm. our relationship. Mm. Right. Right. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I, that's how I feel. Right. Yeah. So with my, with my best friends, I mean, with you, I'm very open about things. I mean, mm. I, I've told you things that, that, you know, I have failed at and I have no problem saying like, you know, like we're like, you know, we talk about jaywalk. We talk about, you know, how that's kind of like the basis of our, of our friendship. And I've told you lots of times, all the things that I felt like I had done really well in that, you know, in that role when I owned that business and, and a lot of things that I had done wrong, um, where honestly to this day, you know, I was just talking to someone the other day. I said, you know, Oh no, Steph, I was talking to Steph and I said, I said, you know, geez, it's, it's been what, six years since I closed down jaywalk and if I could do it again, there's so many things that I would do differently. And I said, it's not as if I've gained any restaurant experience in that time. It's just, 
I don't know, like I've matured and in, in those six years. I don't know if it's having kids, which, you know, put my head on straight or I don't know, or did something to me because mm-hmm. I just see things differently. Um, but anyway, so when I look back, I can see the thousand mistakes that I had made. But anyways, with those thousand mistakes, I have no problem saying to you, this is where I really screwed up, yeah. you know? Um, so bringing it back to our discussion about friendship, I think that what your point is, is that this is a, the criteria that you're using for who it is that you want in your life right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's pretty natural for people, you know, at this stage in our lives, you know, like you have multiple children, I have three young kids. It's like, I don't, I don't have all the time in the world. And, and, and probably even before I had kids, but when I had jaywalk and I was just busy with that, I really probably for a good 10 or 15 years now, I've kind of had the mentality that, that I don't have a lot of time to invest in friendships. So if I'm going to invest French, you know, time into a friendship, it better be worth it. Yeah. You know, like I'm not one of those people where I need to know, you know, like a hundred people. I don't need to have this list of people that I can call, you know, for like if I'm going to have a party or a birthday party or something like that. I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. Like all I care about is having a very small circle of friends, but knowing you know, backwards and forwards that these are the people that will be there for me if I need them and that I have their back as well. Right. You know, and that's much, much more meaningful than to me than having this roster of like people that I know. True. Yeah. I, I, um, I, you know, growing up in, you know, a, a religious household, <clears throat> I remember my mom, you know, she would always say that, you should watch things that are edifying. You mm-hmm. know, you should surround your thing, yourself with things that are edifying. And, not blippy. Right, not blippy. And, you know, I, I kind of think the that should apply to friends as well. You know, it's like, um, I don't want to be around people who are always trying to um, get one over or work over the system or, you know, I want to be around people who are creative and who are, um, you know, like good people who want to like make the world a better place who, and it sounds so, so cliche. And, and no, but let me just jump in. Cause I don't want to lose this thought. Cause it's a good one, which is that what I have found is that the friends that have gone to the wayside mm. are the friends that I feel like in some way, shape or form I've, you know, I've always, I've, I've, I've at times in the friendship felt like I had to, defend or explain why I'm friends with this person. Mm. Okay. The people that are still in my life now and that, that I have really strong friendships with are the ones that are good enough people that usually, you know, not only do I not have to explain why I'm friends with them, but you know, other people sort of see that person as, as being someone who has all these really, really good qualities that speak for themselves that I don't even have to say anything about it. Mm-hmm. You know, do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just feel like my best friends now are ones where everyone would sort of, you know, universally agree like, Oh yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. You I know mean, what I mean? I saw this quote the other day that was like, um, be friends with, uh, those people who, who speak good of you, um, when you're not in the room, you know, it's uh, like, maybe we shouldn't be friends. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I constantly, you know, I constantly talk about our friendship, of course, because we have this podcast together and, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I speak very fondly of you. Um, well, I mean, when I talk about Jaywalk and the many people that I met through mm-hmm. that, not talking about customers or, you know, uh, those, those types, but like all the people that worked for me, all the people that, uh, that, you know, like, you know, who I started the restaurant with you mm-hmm. know, and, and, I always talk about you. I've always talked about you in a, in a very favorable light. I mean, mm. even when you worked with me, didn't work with me, worked with me, decided not to work with me anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just, I always had good things to say. And and I will say this, like this time around with our friendship, it's like I've gotten to know you on a completely different level. And I mm. think maybe it's because there's no, none of the jaywalk like trappings in terms of, you know, trappings meaning just that, that is being our connection, right? Yeah. Our, our connection is something more and bigger than that at this point. Right. And so you're not my boss anymore. <laughs> well, that, and also, <laughs> you know, you don't do graphic design for me, right. you know, like it's just, right. there's no, there's no string attached at yeah. all. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's basically, this is, we're here because we want to be here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't take away from the fact that I enjoyed all of our time before. Yeah. Like I really, I don't have, 
any any bad memories about it at all. Well, right? you were saying that, um, and this goes the same for me too. Like, uh, you're the only regular friend that I meet up with for dinner. Oh yeah, or whatever. For sure. Know, like, every well, if, two weeks well, or so. If it says anything, the fact that I can say to Steph, "I'm going to meet with Preston tonight," or you know, "Is it okay if I do this?" and she's just like, "Oh yeah, totally." Like, you know, there's no there's right. no hesitation. There's no there's nothing. There's right. this basically. She knows that it is important to me. Mm. She knows that you are a good influence on me. And so there's no hesitation at all. Am I? Does she? Well, I mean, there's that crazy shit you said in the last (laughs) Thanksgiving episode, but you know, let's just take that aside because, because, you know, she might have some, some worry about what's going to come out later, but I told her as long as he never says it to the children, right? It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but what I was going to say is that, um, you know, one thing that is important to me and it's, this is, it's always been like this, like even when I had a bigger, bigger circle of friends is that I don't care what someone does. I don't care what someone's background is. I don't care about any of those things. All I want is for the person to be a good person. Right. Like that. Genuinely good person. Yeah. Genuinely good person. I mean, I I want someone who, who, you know, it's, I mean, a lot of people would say, I want someone that has my back. I want someone who's loyal. I want all these things. Well, I guess my assumption is that if I say someone is a good person, Mm -hmm. that they have all Mm -hmm. those attributes. Right. And I think that's that, but the, but even though that's always been my, my, my criteria to a certain extent, and that's made it so that I could, I could have a circle of friends that come from all walks of life. Right. Um, like for example, one of my really good friends, um, that I made when I lived in Atlanta, uh, he worked at the post office. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, the, the way that he and I became friends is I, I was in the post office one time and I was mailing something off and, and, I, and this guy was helping me and I was like, and he was like, Oh man, yeah. How's your day? And I was like, Oh, it's good. He's like, yeah kind of rough like uh you know i just had this like you know bad headache or whatever and then um and then i said oh you know why don't you you know get some like you know tylenol something's like oh no one here in the office has it well i'm like okay so i left i went to buy some i came back and i gave it to him right and yeah. then he was just like oh dude that's that's so nice and then we just kind of like talked a little bit more and then after that we like hung out it turned out that we like the same type of music and mm. whatever and so it's like you know i'll make friends anywhere um and i have that that criteria yeah but you know, what I have found is that when you have friendships that are based on things other than the type of person that someone is, mm-hmm. and now, now the kinds of friendships I'm talking about are like history, right? Mm-hmm. Like history. Like, like, I feel like that is the one thing that has really made it so some of my friendships have just gone off the rails is because yeah. I will base it on the fact that I knew this person way back when. Yeah. And then people change, right? Yeah. Like you don't want to accept the fact that people change. Yeah. And I'm not even saying yeah. that it's there only them changing. I could be changing too. Yeah. But the fact is whatever was good about the friendship back then is not good now. It's true. And you just won't cut it because you have that tie. And it's like, you know, especially for someone like me who I'm, I'm pretty sentimental, you know, like I have, I have strong, you know, sense of loyalty and mm-hmm. whatnot. So it makes it hard for me to cut things that end up being toxic at some point. You know, but yeah. that has, that has happened for some of my, and when I say off the rails, I mean, some of my friendships have just like totally gone off the rails. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, it's, it's easy to hang on to memories of, of once was what once was how someone once was, you know, the, the, the things that you went through with them. I mean, it's all, it all means something. Right. right? That's what I was going to say is that you can't take away from how meaningful it was. Right. Yeah. But I think that that goes back to a lot of things like, you know, everyone has this like fairy tale version of the way they want their life to be, whether or not that's in love mm-hmm. with their spouse or whether or not that's in friendships. Right. And they always say that, you know, like, like life doesn't always work out that way. You could, you could be two people that you really love each other, but you're, you're still not meant to be together. Right. right? And so, you know, the faster you can see that, the, the faster you can move on. And I think that's the same thing with friendships, right? Like that yeah. it doesn't take away from how genuine it was at a certain point. Right. But knowing that life evolves, that people change, that, mm. you know, this circumstances don't always, are not always optimal. Yeah. You just have to be able to spot that. And I think that one thing that makes it easier is that when you get older, not only do you have less time because of kids mm. and work and just life in general, but you just, you just have less of a tolerance 
for things because you have less patience and you have the less, you know, again, the limited time, you know, right. And so I think it's easier to cut things the older that you get. Well, you know, I want to go back to what you said about, um, like having your back, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's, you know, there was a time in my life where, you know, my buddy would call me and it's like, Hey man, some shit's about to go down and you know, it's like midnight and it woke me up and, you know, bring everything you got. And it's like, I'm loading up the truck with weapons and shit. And, you oh, know, I thought you were talking about like gummy bears and like <laughs> yeah. peanut butter M&Ms, <laughs> the sleeping bag, DVDs, <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm loading up the car with weapons and I'm on, I'm out the door, you know, with weapons one, like one slingshots and like, like baseball bats and, and, and guns brass knuckles. And, yeah. Okay. Just, you know, it's like, it's going down, right? A rumble. A rumble, a yeah, in the Bronx, yeah. Version of like, yeah, <laughs> we're okay. gonna dance, dance, dance battle. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I mean, there was a time in my life where it's like that's what it meant. Like, you got my back, dudes. Like, yeah, I got your back. You know, and and you know, but like, as we get older, priorities change. You know, jail becomes a very real thing that you know. Like, I've been there, seeing my children through glass. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. that 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 becomes a very real possibility, reality, and and um, and it's like I'm getting older, and like you know, and so now like getting your back is like, hey man, like maybe you should get out of there. Like maybe you shouldn't stick around. Like talking sense into like your friend because something's about to go down it's like you, you mean know, you mean are you talking about that that's a better version of, of getting of, your of, back of, is, of, yeah right, right yeah it's like let me let me kind of like try to cool it down and talk some sense into you and you know it's like you might not be like what you want to hear right now you know but it's probably the best thing for you and i, I think that's i think you don't you don't okay I, dad yeah right yeah <laughs> You know, as you get older, you know, I think you realize that you don't, I mean, if you're mature, um, which I'm not saying I'm, I'm very mature, but I'm, I'm starting to mature, you know, you don't really want a yes man in your corner. You know, you really kind of want someone to come at you with some kind of hard truths that you probably don't really want to hear, but you probably should hear, you know, and, and I, I, my wife and I talk about this all the time, you know, because you know, we both got some acquaintances. I wouldn't even really call them friends now. You know, acquaintances that, or just like, you know, old friends that have kind of like matured out or like I've, I've matured away from them. <laughs> matured out. I've never heard that. <laughs> Sleep revenge and matured out. Right. Doom scroll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are good. Those um, Where they're just kind of, they just tell you what you they think you want to hear, but you really, you know, it's not what, what you need to hear. You know, it's not what you really need to hear is. Yeah, but that, but, but sometimes the reason why people are unwilling to tell you what you don't want to hear is because they don't have enough trust in the friendship to, to know that just because they say something that you don't want to hear in, in the present situation, Mm. you know, they don't, they don't trust that that is not going to completely obliterate the friendship. Yeah. Right. Because you have to. You have to trust, right? That that other person is not going to say, oh man, you know, you said something I don't like to hear. I'm out of here. Right? Yeah. I mean, at at that point, it's like, you know, and and vice versa, right? Like if you tell a friend, quote unquote, some shit that they should probably hear and they get all upset with you and it's like, you don't like, you don't value my advice or like, you don't like trust that I have like the best intention for you. You think that I'm. Right, there's some ulterior motive for yeah, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so like how, and that, I mean that at that point, I think you need to step back and kind of like reevaluate your friendship. So, I mean, I th- I think what we're what it seems like we're we're getting at here is that we seem to have higher standards for our friendships at this point, mm-hmm. um, and that we want them to be friendships that have some sort of positive impact on us at yeah. this point that that are beneficial to us you yeah. know not beneficial meaning like you know monetarily beneficial mm-hmm. but just make us grow mm-hmm. in some way right some positive Think, way learn right um you know that that it's it should it be, should be something that's fruitful for both sides absolutely um as opposed to when you are younger and you have friendships that can mean different things right like like even when you say like sometimes i think that when you hear someone say oh I, you know i've got their back or they've got my back that's you know, people think of that immediately as meaning something about loyalty, mm-hmm. right? But sometimes I think that having your back 
all it means is that I want to be on the same team. I want right. to be on the same side. Supportive. Right. Well, not even supportive. Sometimes it just means like I want to be a part of this group, mm-hmm. right? Like sometimes when you say we've got each other's backs, mm-hmm. it could be a gang, mm-hmm. right? It could yeah. be it could be a group of friends. It could be a lot of different things, but it's a it's a feeling of being a part of something. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily something that later on in life is that important, mm-hmm. right? Like later on in life, I don't really care whether I'm a part of something or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I my family, yeah. yeah. I want to be a part of my yeah. family, but I don't care whether I'm a part of any specific type of group. Right. But when you're younger, you do. And I think that, you know, that that empowers you at that time, Mm -hmm. you know, because you have nothing else to really, you know, rest your laurels on, you know. And I think that that is what makes it so that people feel like they they like that idea of he has my back. I have his back. Right. Yeah. When you're younger, I think I think it's it's probably like a I don't know, like a natural cycle. Like, you know, when you're your kid you know your the only group that you know is your your family and they they put those morals in your uh virtues and you kind of learn how to how to operate inside that like family unit you know and then mm-hmm. as you get older um you get amongst your peers and you start to kind of learn like you know how you fit in among your peers mm-hmm. and you know but i think you know, as you start to have a family and form a family, then you kind of go back down into like the family unit and then kind of like pulling away from your peers and investing more into your family, you know? And I, I think that naturally, if you do that, I think your friends will, your friend circle will get smaller and smaller because. Well, it, all, it also doesn't get smaller just because of you. It also gets smaller because a lot of your friends are going through the same exact thing, right? right, right. So, so they they naturally or organically are 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 sort of not severing ties, but just those ties are sort of dissipating, yeah. right? And I think it's it it just kind of naturally happens because everyone within the same age group they all kind of do the same thing all mm-hmm. around the same times, mm-hmm. and I think that's also why it's less painful, right? Because yeah. no one no one necessarily feels like they're particularly getting cut off or specifically getting yeah. cut off right they just sort of feel like oh this is just happening the ones that feel it the most are the ones who are like the you know like hanging on to their bachelorhood or yeah, you know yeah. staying single and wanting still you know to have that life those yeah. are the ones that sort of feel like outsiders yeah and i've got a few friends like like that who you know 40 something years old and no family no nothing and they're still doing the bachelor life and it's like the rest of our friend group is kind of like grown up and gotten responsible and had kids and we're all, you know, being adults, you know, we're worried yeah. about yeah. bills and, and all that stuff, you know? Um, one of the things I wanted to kind of touch on real quick um, is this concept of, and, and I'm going to borrow this from fight club is this <laughs> single serving friends. Okay. So I feel you, we were talking about this earlier and mm-hmm. then did you, I can't remember. Did you tell me what that meant? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's basically like, uh, and so in the movie fight club, um, Edward Norton sits down next to, uh, love that Brad, guy. Brad love Pitt, that guy. Right. I, love I like Brad Pitt, but I really like Edward Norton. And they, they strike up a, a, a friendship, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on the plane. Mm-hmm. And Brad Pitt is like, you know, we're a ser- single serving friend. It's like for this brief moment in time, we're friends and we're talking about stuff and we get along great. And I'm just curious. Um, does that, do you have, you know, single serving friends I, okay. often? Does okay. this happen in okay. your okay. life? I'm trying to try, So I'm trying, I still don't really understand what single serving friend means. Does it mean, so does it mean that you have this friend for a limited amount of time or does it mean, so is that what single serving means? Meaning that you only use, you only have that friendship once. Right. And then once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah, basically. And or, I mean, which can, I guess, can evolve. Or, or, or I thought it meant single serving, like serving, like self-serving, like meaning. No, 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 no. Okay. So it just no. basically means, have I ever had a friend that only like, like it was a good friendship and it was a beneficial friendship, but it only lasted for a certain amount of time? I mean, time? it doesn't even have to be beneficial. It's just like, it's just like. <laughs> short-lived uh, friendship? Yeah. Like, for instance. Okay. I'll give you for instance. Can we just say short-lived friendship? Like, I don't know. I don't, we're spending 15 minutes like trying to figure out what single-serving it's like like talk about ice cream with those words. Like, I kind of like it. To, it's, it's, it doesn't. I mean, sleep revenge and and 
Uh, go we, on. Julie and I. You own. spend too much time on social media, obviously. <laughs> like, I've never even heard of these. these this is these from words. a movie that came out 20 years ago. Okay. Go ahead. Julie and I own a candle company um, called Calming Moon. Um, really nice candles. They smell really good. Thank you. And we often do um, events, farmers and, and, markets, and TikTok videos. <laughs> no, we do not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Dancing videos. Um, Farmers markets, we do um, just, you know, events. Uh, we did a tree lighting uh, recently in San Marcos. Um, and inevitably, we end up meeting um, our booth neighbors, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, most of the time, um, most of the time we, we have like the walls up. We have walls on the canopy um, just because aesthetically it looks better. You know, it's cleaner and you don't have all this clutter around. And it creates and, a barrier between you and, exactly. your, and your booth mates. Whenever I put the walls up, I'm like, uh, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> you know, I'm just zip. <laughs> um, but, you know, on occasion we've met some really cool people. Um, and we most of the time have nothing in common with them other than the fact that we're at the same event right, together. Right. And we're vendors. Right. And, you know, I like to commiserate a little bit, you know, it's like, uh, oh, you know, how many people are here and how are you doing that good? And you know, what'd you, what event did you do last time? And is that good? And, you know, and, and we end up, you know, finding some things in common, you know, and it's like, it always ends up like, uh, like we met this one couple, um, the guy does tattoos and, and I don't know what the girl does. She was an artist. That's why he wasn't scared by all your tattoos. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I might look a certain way, but as soon as I open my mouth, dude, I'm pretty fucking friendly. I know. <laughs> I know. But you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, we should, uh, oh, we want to get, we want to get, cause me and Julie want to get a couple more tattoos and. You know, it's like we get each other's, you know, Instagram and it's like we're like friends for that, you know, like right. four hour period. And then, you know. And then when you're not in that situation, in that setting, then there's no real basis for the friendship anymore. Yeah. I, you okay. know, I liked a couple posts. And I then, got it. it I got like it. it so quickly that, dwindled. that is single serving right. friendship. So, you know, someone you're standing next to you at the DMV and it's like you click for that. Yeah. Yeah. Half so, an yeah. Hour. so have I had friendships like that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I've had friendships like that. <laughs> um, I mean, so the only <laughs> I'm sort of like, where is this going? But I will I will say this is an observation that I have on single serving friendships is that if. Maybe the point is this, is that if you are OK having that, those kinds of friendships, then that means that you don't necessarily always have this high aspiration for every person that you meet as becoming one of these meaningful friends that Mm. you have long-term, right? That just the social aspect of your personality makes it one where, you know, you are okay creating a connection with someone temporarily. Sure. Right. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, I'm a, I'm a pretty outgoing person. Right. And so, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy for me to make friends. Um, so that I think that that has happened a lot in my life. Um, and I really don't have any expectations for those, you know, mm. because I, maybe in the beginning I did like say, you know, when I was maybe in my twenties and, you know, maybe I was on a plane going somewhere and struck up conversation with someone, you're stuck on a plane, you know, for like right. four hours right. going somewhere and you think that that's going to turn into something, yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. you know, and then it doesn't and you're sort of like, Oh man, I thought I really hit it off with that blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And like, yeah. But then as time went on, I'd just be like, okay, I didn't have a, a dis, I didn't have words for it. I didn't call it single serving friendships, but disposable. I knew, yeah. I knew what they were. Right. right. I knew, I knew what purpose they served. Yeah. Right. I mean, it was basically just to have social engagement for hours at a time when you're stuck in a certain situation. Right. Which, which goes back to the, like not being glued to your phone. You know, right. Right. So, and those, and those probably won't even happen these days. Right. Because yeah. everyone's on their phone and they're not even going to look up from their phone, even when someone's sitting literally next to them. Right. Right. Here's a interesting uh, observation, I, and I I wonder if there's a name for it. We should, if not, we should, I'm sure you'll come up with, come one, up for with it. one. I mean, these these <clears throat> BS ones that I've never heard of. Before. So I've noticed that um, I've I've worked a lot of jobs, a lot of jobs. Um, I think that sounds like pride coming out of Preston's voice. <laughs> I mean, he he kind of he looked at me and he kind of like gave me a wink and he was like, "A lot of jobs." I've had a lot of fucking <laughs> jobs, man, and this not pride because I've probably gotten fired from half of them. <laughs> But, um, uh, because he's just smarter than the, boss. I just get bored. I just get, I mean, and complete honestly, I get bored. I'm just, he turns to his boss and he says, 
I'm just so tired of having to put up with you and having to talk to you because you're dumb. I think I just get bored and, and I just and, and, don't and, and, care and anymore. He said that to me. Did I? I was his boss no, at one I time, and I think that's how that. he quit. No, I quit with like I need insurance. I need I need something. I need things you can't give me at a restaurant right now. He's, he's like he's like I love you, man, but I'm out. If I don't get insurance, I'm out. I just had a kid. I need you know. Like I wasn't some, you know, 20 year old waitress. I gotcha. Anyways, um, I've noticed in these jobs that I've had that I've been friends with these people. And I mean, it's like you're with these people eight hours a day. I mean, it's a good chunk of your life, you know, five days a week. And you kind of like build these, you know, relationships. And then he hesitates to call them friendships. <laughs> He's like these, these, uh, these these connections. Well, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why because because you're you're when, not uh, you're not proud of having s- these people's no, friends. But when someone leaves, what are the chances that you're actually like stay in contact? Now you might be a a whole different because you're a different breed of person. <laughs> but on average, I've uh-huh. the people that I've met, um, and I've, I've you know I've talked to my wife about this too, and you know she's she's been a, a catering manager at a deli for the last fuck I don't even know. 16 years or something like that. Wow. And she's seen a lot of people come and go and she's, you know, great friends, working friends with them. And then, you know, they leave and it's like, we promise to keep in touch. And it's like, and then it never happens ever. I mean, you know, maybe at first, you know, it kind of like, you know, you talk every week and then it's like every month and then it's like, so it is your kind of dwindles away. And so go ahead. No, no. So I'm saying, so do you have a, an observation about that? Um, or is it other than it, I just think it's interesting. It's like a phenomenon that <laughs> tends to happen. He's like, Justin, I'm going to throw out this observation. <laughs> I don't really know what the point of it is, I, but I, run with it. I believe, uh, I framed it as such though. I, no, this I is think, an observation. Okay, so I think I th- what, what I think is interesting about it is that, when you are put into a situation where you have some common ground, mm-hmm. you know, whether or not it's at, you know, one of these, these, uh, farmer's markets that you guys go to and yeah. you have your, your, um, booth mates. Right. Um, or if, you know, we're talking about a coworker, you have these connections that are made that are based on a commonality that you have, but it's not intrinsic to who you are. Mm-hmm. It's just a situational thing. Yeah. I think that that's when it makes it so that you can make this temporary bond. But once that situation changes where, you know, the coworker goes to another job, you go to another job or whatnot, then you, that's the true test, right? Like, did you actually have anything in common that had to do with the person or was it just bitching about the same job, the same boss, the same situation over and over again? Right. And And it's not to say that I haven't had friends that have lasted past you know, me or the other person leaving the, the job that we had in common. My, my best friend, Marsha is like that. Mm-hmm. Like we met working in the same place and, um, and she left, you know, like only, I don't know, a year after yeah. that. And yeah. like, she's still my best friend. Right. Yeah. So obviously there was something much more than just being coworkers. Um, but then I also have a lot of coworkers that I don't ever talk to anymore. Yeah. You know, like literally they leave and then I don't talk to them again. Yeah. You know, my friend, um, <clears throat> I call her my friend, even though we've, we've never like hung out like outside of work. Um, but Sheila, my friend, Sheila, who's, you know, I don't know, 20 years older than me. She trained me how to do my job currently. Mm, okay. She retired. Um, and I, I don't know. I talk, I talk to her every couple months. I give her a call, but when we talk for like a half an hour, like she's super cool, That's super cool good. lady. And she hasn't worked there in, you know, a couple of years, two years. And, um, that's like, like the one friend that I had. The one example you have. Yeah. Um, and then my wife, um, her friend Rick, she worked with him for years and they, they keep in contact and he lives in Texas now and he's been gone for years too. Um, but that's like really the only one for her too. It's like, um, I mean, I, I think, I think that's the thing that we should point out is that we keep talking about what kinds of friendships and what kind of friends do we aspire to have and mm-hmm. then do we want in our lives at this point, right? But I don't know that, that every single friendship has to has to pass a certain test, right? Like if you have a friend that, you know, you don't meet weekly, 
you know, meet up with weekly yeah. and talk to weekly like we do. Yeah. Um, but they, you know, they're like Sheila that you only talk to once every few months. Like, mm. does that take away from, from that friendship? No, it's well, just a different type of friendship. And you know, as I was thinking about that, the kind of the parallel that I can see with Sheila though is I do. I mean, we do get pretty deep on conversations and stuff. Right. So maybe that's the shit. common thread is that that's what makes a, a friendship worthy in your eyes now is not the frequency but the, the sort of, um, you know, if you want to use deep, right? I mean, well, how, like how deep do you go with these people? If you know? I, if, I mean, if I could boil down into one word and maybe we could wrap this up with, with this and, and then get your opinion. But if I could boil down what, what I'm looking for in, in a friendship in one word, I think it would be Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I sorry. Think, sorry, Julia. Or uh, Julie. Cambodian. She's half Chinese, actually. Oh, there we go. There, you there go. we go. Two for one. Um, one and a half for one. I would I would say um authenticity. Um Okay. Or just or just real. Okay. I mean I I think that any uh, any other synonym that fits in there. Yeah. Because if you're not real I don't want to be around you because I think that just pollutes everything else. You know, if like I, I put it like this, like I'm in like, I don't know, sales ish. And it's like, if I don't know the product <clears throat> and I try to bullshit the customer who does know the product, okay, I work with manufacturers. And if I try to bullshit the manufacturer and they know, and I don't know, and they can smell that on me that I'm trying to bullshit them. Everything I say goes out the window as soon as they figure that out. They, okay, but what if they don't figure it out? They should, because in the space that I work in, they should know this. Okay. In this okay. particular space. Okay. Um, and so, and I, I feel the same way about relationships, um, friendships. It's like, as soon as I know that you're full of shit, like, I don't, I don't want to believe you or trust you on anything else. If you're being fake and misrepresenting who you are, and I've got a pretty good bullshit meter, like, I, I don't, I'm just not going to trust you at all with anything. So, I mean, if, if you were to boil down, you know, friendship and what you're looking for in one word, I mean, would that kind of categorize it or? Authentic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to the same thing again, which I said is, is I always, I'm looking for someone who's just deep down, just a good person. Mm -hmm. Right. And, but I, I mean, I know in my mind what, kind of a person I consider to be a good person. Mm. Right. But if you ask me like, you know, how do you like, what are all the attributes of what makes that person good? Uh, I don't know that I could just list them all out. Like I, I don't have this list that I could just like rattle off. Mm. Um, but I think that authenticity, you know, um, being real, like what you're talking about, mm. I think that that, that goes to it, but that also just goes to, that also ties into how vulnerable is the person, right? Because if you're authentic, that means you show the good and the bad mm -hmm. of yourself, mm -hmm. which makes you vulnerable, mm -hmm. which if you're vulnerable, that makes it easier for me to trust you. And if mm -hmm. I can trust you, then I can feel close to you, right? So it's like all these things kind of tie into each other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that, that you know, I agree with you that that someone being authentic and just, just being themselves, yeah. right? Like, yeah. uh, and, it, and it goes all the way back to the, one of the first things that we talked about in this is like, if you're willing to say, hey, you know what? I know this, but this I don't know. And and lots of times these days, I'll say to someone, you know, like, honestly, I can't, like I, I used to, any question someone asked me, I would try to come up with some sort of answer. I'm not saying I would lie or bullshit, but I would try to, you know, try to at least use what limited information I knew to answer the question. Mm. Now I pretty much say like, I don't really know much about that. So I don't need, I don't even want to try. Yeah. <laughs> like the other day, Charlotte came up to me and usually Steph is the one that does her hair. She, she came up to me and she, she really wanted to play dress up in her room mm. and she wanted to do Elsa and do some sort of Elsa hair. So she's like, and she's like, daddy, I know that you don't know how to do braids, but can you just please just try? And, you know, <laughs> normally I would be like, yeah, honey, I'll try. And like, blah, blah. But I was just like, honey, I just, I'm really bad at that. I really, really have no coordination when it comes to that. Please don't make me do it. When mommy comes home, I'm sure she'll do it, but I cannot do it. I'm sorry. Right. Do you want to practice on my beard? Uh, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> not after that burger, like half that burger is in your, is in your beard. But anyways, so, so I don't know, even from my daughter all the way to my friends, like these days when I don't know something, I just lay it out on the table and just say, I just don't know. Because honestly, I don't want to have any pressure put on myself, but no. also I want to let the other person know, like, I'm not the best person to do this mm-hmm. or to answer that. Like, if you really want some clear, you know, like a clear cut answer, go somewhere else. YouTube. Exactly. YouTube, Google. I mean, there's like a thousand places you can go to. Right, right. Encyclopedia yeah. Britannica. And I think that, I think that's, um, you know, like, I think you were saying this earlier. Like, I think that's empowering to be able to say, I don't know. Yeah. It's awesome. Like, it's, it's no pressure and also no pressure, but also it makes you feel good to be able to be straight with someone else yeah. and to do what you know is better for them. Yeah. It's better for them not to be misled by your bullshit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or, or your lack of knowledge. Right. Your fakery. Right. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right, man. Well, that was an, an interesting, uh, meandering conversation, which I think had some impact to at least one listener out there. Hopefully. Yeah. To all the friends that I do have, know that I, I love you and appreciate you very much. And to my wife, Steph, thank you. <laughs> See ya. Good night. <laughs>